Welcome back to the Goonies Podcast. It's Philo here. Big round of applause to Red Light King and the Bone Shaker soundtrack. He was uh, cool enough to allow us to use that as the official song of the Goon Rules. Uh, check him out, guys. He is a he's a he's a pretty cool guy. He just works his ass off. Uh, he's out in California doing his thing. Just cut an album last year, 2020. He released the Moonshine LP. Check him out on Spotify. He's uh, got some really good tunes out there. He's done some really good stuff. Uh, I haven't listened to an album yet that I haven't liked. So, uh, yeah, check out, uh, check my man uh, Red Light King out and these good people. Um, an inspiring artist in his own right. Uh, judo guy, as a matter of fact, too. Uh, we've had time to talk, and my man is into judo, which is cool. We're all about that. Uh, so, flying solo today. This is going to be one of those shows. I just uh, took a time to uh, set the gear up here in the house. Uh, had some stuff I'm, you know, just want to talk about with you guys. Uh, all you folks who are listening out there, this is going to be, uh, this is ho- hopefully I'm going to provoke you guys a thought to take some things into consideration. You know, I'm going to try not to be serious about any of this, but just, you know, try to think out loud and give you guys an opportunity to hear what I've got to say about this particular subject. And, and, and it's kind of this civility and savagery this idea of 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 civility replacing savagery and the stereotyping and this idea that that savage individuals lack civility and i've really had this one quote i was thinking about quite a bit i think i may even posted it on on uh, ig and it was uh by robert e howard who wrote the Conan the Barbarian book. And he says, Civilized men are more discourteous than savages because they know that they can be impolite without having their skulls split. As a general thing. Robert E. Howard. And this was written back in the day, back when he wrote Conan. I mean, a long time ago. And it kind of brought me to this thought of where we've gone in manhood, and if you, I mean, if you look back to, let's look at an antiquity, let's look like 1800s, you know, back when most of us considered, you know, the, the, the you know, the dawn of the industrial revolution, the, you know, the, the, the dudes who wore these giant chin strap beards. And, and we have this, this insight of these guys as being this very kind of, you know, um, I don't know, just. You know, hanging out in their libraries and, you know, smoking cigars and these um, these real expensive lounges where people wore suits all the time. And we get this picture as Easter, well, as Americans, we get this idea, you know, and, and now here in the 20th century where we've replaced any of that. We, over the last two to three decades, even four decades, we've... You know, we've surrendered the idea of wearing a suit, 
and being manicured and cleaned up. We've surrendered that to the hipster yuppie culture. And that's now considered, you know, that we've turned it over to them. And, and that's this overly civilized, refined mindset. And, and, and those of us out there of, of, of an alpha mindset of, of you know, the, this, the, the, let's go ahead and call it man of antiquity have been, you know, dip, dip. I mean, yeah, dude, I, I enjoy a t-shirt, a pair of jeans, and a nice pair of work boots, you know, I mean, I'm cool with that too, but dude, I like to put my suit on, you know, I, I like to read books, I like to, I like to, but at the same time, I love to shoot guns, I love to eat meat, I love to drink, you know, bourbon, um, you know, there, there's this thing where it's become a stereotype where unless you have the man cave thing going on, you're not you're not a savage. You're civilized, so therefore you're you're incapable of savagery. You know that that's that's and, and I think that's a, a misconception that we even think about those dudes back in the eighteen hundreds. I mean, least we least we forget. Eighteen hundreds, those same cats, those same dudes that were wearing those giant chin strap beards and wearing, you know, jackets with vests and ties and uh you know, hanging out in libraries, drinking scotch and smoking cigars and all that. You know, one moment, one moment those cats could be hanging out, chilling, and all is good. And the next moment, they're doing with swords in the backyard because some somebody said some shit to somebody about something. You know, so it's 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 weird that we've we've fallen into this this stereotype where you know we we see we see this incapability. Uh, don't mind the dog. That's just I'm being all real about this. I'm not going to cut him out. He's here doing his job. He's keeping an eye on things at the house. You know, we, we've. Uh, oh, by the way, he's that's Bond. He's he's my uh, ten or twelve year old uh, German Shepherd. He's uh, he's doing his thing. And he doesn't know I'm recording, so and I'm not really the uh, audio editing type. So it's just going to have to be there. Y'all got to deal with it. Um, what was I talking about? Oh. Um, this idea that we have replaced savagery with civility and vice versa. So we're incapable of, of you know, like, in other words, there are these new standards that are in place compared to what was, say, I mean, 150 years ago, you know, um, how, you know, Looking good and dressing good is not cool. And, you know, I'm just curious to hear where everybody else is at. You know, as usual, I always want you guys to respond to uh, when violence knocks, gr at gmail.com. You know, let me know what you guys think about this. You know, I, I mean, as of now, bourbon has become a thing, you know, but it's kind of a fad, you know. it's It's not... It's not like it was, I mean, maybe it was organic. I don't know. You know, that's, that's kind of where I'm just, I'm just thinking out loud. You know, who likes, you know, drink bourbon? Here, I mean, that's another thing. This is like, we, we get these standards of like, what should and should not be done, right? So, like myself, I drink all my liquor neat. That's just me. You know, I, I drink all my liquor neat. Does that make me a savage? I don't know. You know, I mean, it's this incapability. Like, if you dress nice... I think I think the idea too that John Wick, 
those movies, I think that's what appealed to a lot of people, was that here was this guy, not military, any, in any stretch of the imagination, but put a suit on to go out and do his thing, go to work. You know, literally had a suit that he wore and then a suit that he wore, to, you know, changed into to go do his thing, split in weeks. And I mean, back in the, you know, back in, let's, let's go far ahead. Let's go to the roaring 20s. The whole concept of a goon, a pipe hitter. You know, a lot of folks don't know this. We think of pipe hitters, we think of the military guys. Well, you have to realize that those guys got that from something. And that's actually a term of endearment in the military. That's a term of endearment, the concept of a pipe hitter. That's a guy, you know, who's willing to do anything, who will do anything to get the mission mission executed. That's it. He'll do whatever needs to be done. That's pipe hitter. It's going to get done, period. Well, they got that term from somewhere. And basically where that comes from was it's, it's actually um, a term that came from overseas. It came from Europe and the gangs of England. Um, at the time and it was a term that was given because you know weaponry in the way of you know the way we know it now wasn't it wasn't the same so back in those days pipes were made out of lead and whatnot and you know so it was no you know it wasn't an uncommon thing to send three or four knuckle draggers into a bar or into a large facility or a gambling house when you were going to raid it or do your thing you send them in there to you know, they were pipe hitters. They, they went in there to split wigs and get the job done. But they rolled in there nine times out of ten. A lot of these cats rolled in, you know, in a pair of, you know, in basically a suit. they take their jacket off, and they were usually wearing a vest or suspenders, and they were going to get the job done. So we've got this mindset that we've set in our, in, in our thoughts, and, and, I'm, and I'm basically here to challenge that. Challenge that stigma. Challenge that particular uh, box that that's been put into as a as a lifestyle you know we we want to paint it in a certain way you either got to look like this or you got to look like that to be an alpha or to be uh, an individual that's capable of handling themselves you got to be hanging out you know at the MMA facility or you got to be hanging out at the at here or there or you got to be shooting this or doing that or working out at this gym or doing that. No, actually, I've run across a number of folks who have rather unorthodox lifestyles and are people of action. Some of them haven't even been in the military. Uh, they're just dudes who are just hardcore about life. And, you know, we have a tendency, that's another thing, we have a tendency of thinking that, you know, uh, we, we, we classify individuals and with good reason, with good reason, we classify military guys as men of action, right? I mean, clearly, that's a... but. I think we need to have a conversation about a bracket. Like I've come across a number of folks. I think uh, I think Clint, em Clint Emerson has done a good job of this too. He's he's uh, in his in his series of one hundred deadly skills. He's featured he's featured cats that have served in the military and have been pipe hitters. As a matter of fact, but he's also featured individuals who have not that are just bad dudes in their own right. You know, they work, you know, they're either, you know, streetwise or whatever, which is basically the background that I come from, or retired cops or whatnot. They're guys who they get the job done. They're pipe hitters in their own right, regardless of having the the either the eighteen hundreds English label or having the military stigma um, you know, branded onto them. So they're they're individuals of action. They're they're men of action. But we need to 
you know, the question that I have to all of you guys out there, all of you listeners is, is, you know, why does it have to look a certain way? You know, why can't you be that guy? Why can't you be into reading books? That's another thing is, is what, whatever happened to that? You know, yeah, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm a, I'm a, dude, I'm a dedicated, I love my audiobooks. I love audiobooks, but there's just some stuff I don't audiobook. You know what I mean? Like, um, instructional type manuals. I don't audiobook that. You know, uh, the Bible, which I read regularly. You know, I don't, I don't audiobook that. That just, just seems kind of stupid to me. Uh, so there's certain things that I don't audiobook. There's certain things that I pick up dictionaries and the sources and, you know, certain language manuals and, and whatever, whatever. Uh, anything instructional, I, I usually have that tangible. I think there's a, a thing to that. And, there's t- and even classics, even some of the classics, I don't, I don't, uh, you know, I don't listen to those in audiobooks. There's something about picking up a book and turning pages and reading, taking the time to, to do that, to give your, your mind an opportunity to stretch its legs kind of, you know what I mean? What's what's wrong with that? You know, why why can't you be that guy? Why can't you be the cat that is? You know, all right, it's cool to have a big screen TV and everything else, but you know, there's it's it's also cool to to have a library with, you know, antiques and old books and and uh, you know, if you're a cigar kind of guy, you know, got the humidor, you know, uh, smoking your cigar, your Havanas or whatever you've got, you know, and your real nice looking bar. You know, you know, dressed nice, you know, trimmed in, in brass and, you know, got got really good looking liquor lit up up there looking really good. And it's not about power drinking. It's about enjoying it as a craft and sitting there and appreciating that. Why does that make you any less of a savage on the inside? And when I say savage, I don't mean I don't mean it in the modern sense. I don't mean like what we labeled the Indians and people like that calling them savages that's because they were far more civilized than some of these europeans ever thought of being you know what i don't mean that i mean an individual that's capable of violence that's capable of throwing down for his family and friends you know when when he's pushed too far yeah i know this sounds very movie cliche but it's true it's true you know we look at certain individuals and we want to pass judgment on them heck even some of these cats that you may consider you know then you may consider them um you know, hipsters in a sense. Have you ever sat down and talked to them? Really? You know, sat down and have a conversation with these guys. Find out if, if you think you're as smart as you are. You think you are. And you think you can read people. You know, maybe maybe you're being a little judgy. Maybe I'm being a little judgy. You know, maybe these maybe some of these cats, you may be wrong. You may be wrong. You may you may be completely misjudging this individual. That individual may be a complete man, man of action or woman of action for that matter. But you'll know, you won't know. You're too busy judging people. You're too busy thinking, oh, well, they don't roll like me. You know, they don't watch football on Sunday or Saturday afternoon. You know, they don't have a 70-inch big screen going on or whatever, you know. Um, so, therefore, that's, they're not savage. They're not savage. I mean, dude, think about this. If you look at historically, think of people historically. Think of, like, when you think of dudes like Teddy Roosevelt, right? So we think of Teddy Roosevelt. Teddy Roosevelt was president of the United States. And, dude, he was a rough rider. He fought in the Spanish-American War. I mean, and not only that is, is and, and I can't vet this, but I've heard, on a, I've heard and read in a couple of readings that, like, he actually threatened political opponents. Like, 
they'd be, you know, in the town square doing some sort of debate and, you know, the opponent would say something out of color or off color and he'd like yell across the intersection at him like, bro, you keep it up. I'm going to come over there and light you up. You know, he was a man of action, but he was also, dude, he was a hunter. He was, a, you know, he was a family man, president, you know, carried himself. I think, uh, I think when he was, uh, I think he was made president because he, I think he was VP and then his president, I think it may have been, don't quote me. I think it was either Grover Cleveland or McKinley was assassinated. I'm not, I'm not really sure. You guys may want to check me out on that. Um, he was assassinated, and then he uh, he ended up taking the mantle, and then eventually running, and then becoming elected. Um, think of cats like that. Think of think of the Wild West. You know, because when when England was going through their industrial revolution, we were basically going through the Wild West. Think of that, right? Think of this idea of civility, where men have pistols strapped to their hips. So it, it makes for a very polite society when you consider the ramifications of the ramifications of your actions. You know, consequences for the things you say, consequences for the things you do. Extreme consequences. I mean for the fact I mean dude out in the Wild West you could be hung for stealing a horse. Think about that. You're hung for stealing a horse. And think about the deliberate nature of those people back then you know everyone was deliberate that's why you had to you had to think everything out before you were going to do it because there was going to be consequences one way or another i think and, and these were what people today would consider savage think about it in today's in today's world where law enforcement is not given the proper tools they need yeah granted there's bad apples everywhere but hey hello they're fighting crime Okay, they're fighting crime. They're dealing with, they're dealing with street versions of knuckle draggers. Okay, and they're having to go out there and keep us safe. Um, okay, you're gonna you're gonna roll up on them. As a matter of fact, I just saw. Anyways, I can't get into that, but just something just happened here as of recent where uh, a cop shot a woman in Ohio who was getting. I actually saw the video. There was they had actually had a uh, body cam footage. Uh, where he, dude, he rolled up on the scene and like 10 seconds later, my man's got to make a decision about who, to, I mean, like a woman's getting ready to shoot another woman. So he's getting ready, you know, he's got to make that decision almost as soon as he gets out of the car. So we're giving them, we're taking away their ability to have, you know, have heavy handedly deal with criminality. But at the same time, we're calling that civil. Civility only is only maintained under the project protection that's provided by men and women who are willing to do very, very, very hard things. And the things that they have to do, people today would refer to as savage. Oh, that's too violent. Say that to an individual who has to deal with an armed mugger. Say that to an individual or a woman who's got to deal with a rapist and then protect herself. And then we'll talk about savagery. We'll talk about what you consider civil and what you consider consider decent in the eyes of dealing with that element. That's you know that and people say, well, Rob, how's that connected? Well, I'll tell you how it's connected is the fact that we've we've taken away or we've we've clouded this idea of civility. We've clouded it. We've we've literally 
we've masked it in something that it is not. Because there is a level, there is a level of savagery that is needed. And I'm not talking about the idea of running amok. I'm not talking about anarchy. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking the level of savagery needed to be able to deal with violence. And then be able to use violence to protect yourself. That's what I'm talking about. But still be civil. In the sense of being a courteous individual. You know, watching over your neighbor. Being good to your kids. Being good to your wife. Being good to your family. Taking care of business. You know what I mean? Being, you know, being, you know, uh, being respectful to our elderly. You know, giving them a place of honor because their gray hair was earned. And allowing them to pour into our lives because we're screwing up. See, they come from an era that we would consider uncivilized. You know, they weren't civil. Why? Because they don't look like us, you know. That's toxic masculinity. All those guys were. Those guys were, those guys were toxic. They were toxic. No, they weren't. Those were our grandfathers. Those were our great-grandfathers. Some of our fathers, as a matter of fact. Those guys were considered, oh, they're considered toxic. They're considered savage, uncivilized. You know, they, they, they uh, did this, they did that. Yeah, okay, they did a lot of stuff wrong. Sure they did. You know, overhunting. You know, they didn't understand certain things. Sure, 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 sure. But they had a lot of stuff right, too. You know, there was a level of decency that was that was exercised in those days. I know this because I was raised by my grandparents. This idea of, you know, this, this un, uncivilized mind, you know, that we, that we perceive our fathers, grandfathers, and great-grandfathers. You know, we've, we've labeled them as being toxic and uncivilized. And in reality, they were, they were way more civil than us. But the only thing was was that they were deliberate. They were, in that sense, they were, look at us. There's crap that people say now on the Internet. There's stuff that they say that they wouldn't even dream of saying to an individual to their face. Why? Why? Because there are, there are individuals out there who have a level of, let's go ahead and call it civility, that isn't so civil in the eyes of the world right now. What's happened to that? What do we do with that? You know, where do we go? Where do we go without, well, where do we go without decorum? Where do we go without being deliberate? Where do we go without savagery? Because, and again, I want to make sure that everyone understands understands this the definition and where I'm coming from with this. It is not savage in the sense of being discourteous to individuals. And being rude and boisterous and being, you know, just literally like a, a, a headhunting tribe of some type. But even, you know, it's, it's about the way the modern culture labels savagery and, you know, being civil today. That is it, is it turned around? What is it? Is it really, is it really what they perceive it to be. What is it? You know? And again, I'm going to go back to Howard. Civilized men are more discourteous than savages.
because they know they can be impolite without having their skulls split as a general thing. Think about that. Let that, you know, let that marinate for a minute. That, that kind of terminology, and you say to yourself, well, Rob, we live in a, we live in a, oh, here we go, Rob, we live in a civilized era where, you know, you just can't go splitting people's wigs. Well, okay, yeah, of course not. But what I think he's trying to say here, here is, is that to be discourteous has consequences. It does. And in this day and age, with a very impersonal way of communicating, we have become extremely discourteous. Um, we, we do not practice decorum. We don't practice any of these things any longer because we don't have to deal with individuals face-to-face. -face. I remember uh, there was a point in time where, even in my prior field, I was a land surveyor for 22 years. And um, my background growing up, as far as the stuff that I wasn't supposed to be doing, was I worked in collection. And uh, it seems that I've, I find myself wrapping back around to that at some time or another. And uh, as, a, as a land surveyor, I worked for smaller firms that had problems getting money out of people. So I find myself on, on a number of occasions in, in office lobbies uh, waiting to speak to the individual that, that, that would owe my employer money and uh, just didn't have a fear of talking. It's amazing to me, and I learned this early on, that... You know, back in the day, it was how they spoke on a telephone to you because they weren't speaking to you personally. But even then, uh, the Constitution and the inflection of an individual's voice could be understood clearly, just as I'm speaking to you now. Well, and then, and then the individual would act even more differently when you sat them down and looked them in the eyes and dealt with them at, from face, as face to face. It changed tremendously. So look at how it's gotten now where it's basically we're either communicating from a text or in a, in a forum or on some thread on Facebook. So it's this idea of consequences. That's really what I'm getting to. That's, that's what I'm getting to with this, is this idea of consequences for your action, actions and the things that you do. And the, the way individuals will respond about certain things, today's society would be considered savage. It would be considered savage and uncivilized. But then that draws me to question, what are they calling civilized? What is that? What does that look like? You know, and how does that, you know, here at Goon Rules, we, again, Goon Rules is not just about self, yes, it is about self-protection and martial arts and, and you know, uh, being self-aware and uh, taking care of yourself and working out, but it's also a lifestyle. It's this idea of, of uh, the alpha lifestyle and how that alpha lifestyle has it looks different with different people. You know, it's not all going to look the same. It's not all heavy-duty, thick-bearded men. Uh, that, no, it doesn't always have to look like that. And not only that is, is that I've learned that a lot of these, you know, thick-bearded men are, to <laughs> be honest with you, they're courteous and they're civil and they're and they're what 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 I would consider civilized. You know, they practice decorum. They um, they're courteous. They um, they break bread with you and then, you know, um, offer, you know, you go to their homes and, and they open their families up to you. And um, you sit at their table and you enjoy meals together as friends and brothers. Uh, 
and this is not just a men-driven lifestyle. That's another thing is, is that there are alpha females. There are females out there who, who think exactly the same way and they're, and they're alpha in their own right. They're, they're savage to society because they're self-aware and they're capable of taking care of their own business. So they're labeled savage. They're labeled uncivilized in today's mindset. And that is, and I think that's, and that's where we're at with this, this, this concept and this idea of, you know, what is civilized, what is, and what is savage. So we've allowed society, to, we've allowed mainstream society to dictate it and define it. And I think it's, and I think it's time that we grab a hold of that. I think it's time that we openly object to what they're defining as this. And again, I, what I'm speaking of, please hear me. What I'm speaking of is not this idea of, you know, headhunter, cannibal kind of savagery. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about what they're labeling as what, what current mainstream society is calling savage and what they're calling civilized in light to what we would like the world to see, which is dignified, courteous individuals that are completely and utterly capable of taking care of their own business. Individuals that think that, well, you know, the amount of response time to, for the police is, that's a little too much for me, and I'm not willing to weigh that scale out with my family, so I'm gonna train hard, I'm gonna exercise 2A, I'm gonna stay in shape, you know, I'm going to be strong for as long as I can be strong to take care of my wife and family and take care of my friends and be physically capable of taking care of my own business. So let's just take a let's just take some time to to analyze that and look at, you know, what that may be all about or what, what it may not be all about. So that's it. That's it. This is an interesting thing, uh, being here talking by yourself. Uh, it's weird not having a, a co-host or somebody to bounce information off of. So if I ramble on, guys, or if you've got objections or, you know, you feel like that, oh, if you don't agree, that's fine. That's cool. That's no problem. Just go ahead and, go, you know, check us out at uh, when violence knocks gr at gmail.com. Just check us out. You know, drop me a line. Let me know what you think. Uh, Marcus will be, you know, we'll be bringing some, uh, some stuff up and, and Hey, you know what, you know, we've got some, hopefully some special guests that are coming up. We've got the guys from Goon Tape, Adam from Goon Tape. He'll be coming to check us out. Uh, um, you know, we got, um, hopefully Mark Greeny from the Great Man series coming. Uh, we've got, uh, one of the, uh, folks who was at the Benghazi event will be coming on here probably toward the end of the year, uh, and spend some time with us and talking a little bit about that. Uh, we've got Mark Cameron, writer for um, Tom Clancy. We've got, hopefully, uh, we've got some other cats that are going to be coming on here. Today's show is brought to you by um, my good friend, uh, Clint Emerson, over at Violent Nomad. Um, he has, let me tell you something, it's crazy how this guy came out of the military. One of the few, actually I think it's one of the only individuals 
to have been a spy and actually put in the Spy Hall of Fame. If you guys ever go out to D.C., check him out. He's over there, Clint Emerson. He's over there with, uh, he now has his own brand called Violet Nomad, and he also uh, has a book called One Hundred Deadly Skills. He's a really cool guy, true true patriot. Um, and again, he's a, a retired warfighter. Uh, his brand, Violent Nomad, I've actually partnered with him. Uh, I actually designed, built a blade for him. And uh, he's selling that. It's the, uh, it's the outlaw. Um, and, and, man, his thing is outwit, outmove, outplay, and outlive. Uh, he, is, he is all about training and teaching individuals basic skills to keep alive. You know, that's the whole deal with the 100 deadly skills. So uh, get over to uh, Violent, V-I-O-L-E-N-T-N-O-M-A-D.com, ViolentNomad.com. Check out what Clint's got going on. Uh, he's like, again, he's great people. He's a, he's a self-made entrepreneur. And he's uh, got a lot of really cool things going on. So check him out over there at violentnomad.com. Folks, we want to just say a big thank you to you guys and appreciate every little follow, every little share that you guys do for us over here at Goon Rules. And uh, we're going to go ahead now and we're going to wrap this up with, wrap it up with the Bone Shaker by Red Light King. And we will see you guys on the flip flop. Peace.